So if you have your Bibles, electronic devices, I'm just going to simply ask that you open your Bibles, either click to, turn to, Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. We've been in the book of Luke. We've been walking through chapter 7 and chapter 8. The name of the series is Jesus for Everyone. And so the title of this message is, is A Friend of the Fearful. Just a friend of the fearful. We've just been walking through this verse by verse, and we've been grabbing these stories. And see, the story that we pick up today is that Jesus with the disciples, and they're on the Sea of Galilee, and all of a sudden, this storm comes up. And as a result of that, it gives the disciples a lot of fear. I mean, because of that storm that they're walking through, they, they, they have this fear. And so, so let me ask you, are, are there some things that, that this storm, the, the COVID storm, or maybe some of the things that are going on in our nation right now, that are giving you fear where well, the good news is this. If you, if you have fear coming up, then I can tell you this from his word. Jesus is a friend of the fearful. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you, and he wants to be in this with you. And so I want to talk to you about this issue of storms and, and talk to you that Jesus is a friend of the fearful. And, and what happens when somebody goes through a storm? See, when someone goes through a storm, it, it's much like the same emotions for us that, that the disciples had. A lot of times when you, when you go through storms in life or, or just in life, your, your mind builds a, a life map, if you will. And you kind of map out your life and say, this is the way life is going to look, and this is the way it's going to be, and this is what my life's going to look like in five years or ten years or whatever. See, the disciples were, were no different. This was happening with the disciples. Jesus had told the disciples, said, get in the boat, and he got in the boat with them. And he says, we're going to go the opposite side. They're on their way to Capernaum. And he said, we're going to go the opposite side. And so they built a... They built a a life map, if you will. They thought because Jesus was in the boat with them that it would be like calm seas. It would be like, 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 like a stillness, and it would be perfect. And, 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 but then a, when a storm comes up, see, here's what happens with a storm. A, a storm will assault your mind. It, it shakes your foundation. It shakes your relationships. It shakes your connectedness. It shakes everything. Connections, see, drive people to function, and even, even, even in this COVID time. This, dis- this disrupts that. Uh, you, don't, you don't see people that you normally see. You don't see people at work. You can't hang out with people that you once did, maybe, maybe the way that you did at, at some other time in your life. And, and your structures or your routines are, are like disruptive. Maybe it's your work routine or, or you go to lunch, you, you go to work, you go to lunch, you go home, and uh, you go to the gym, you go to the golf course. It, it always makes me laugh when I, rec- when I reference a gym because... I don't even know what that's like. I mean, well, I, I take that back. There, there was one time I went to a gym. <laughs> I, I had a physical a number of years ago. I had to get a physical, and the doctor recommended that he said, I, Charlie, you need cardio. You need to do some cardio. And so I don't know if he inspired me or it's just out of fear, some of the things he told me. So on the way home, I pull in this gym, and I walk in, and I tell the front office person that I'm thinking about getting a gym membership, and, and I need to do cardio. And she says, oh, well, let me take you upstairs, and I'll take you to the cardio machines. And I'm like, that's crazy. I don't want to have to walk a flight of stairs to do cardio, so, so I didn't join. I hope you're laughing. And so... Uh, so here's another thing, uh, storms, uh, storms, sorry, so, storms um, disrupt our sense of control. And a lot of times in storms, we just totally feel like we're totally out of control and I can't make the choices that I once did. Someone's telling me how many people can gather in this, who can go here and who can't go there. And, and so the only control we have in this time is like self-control. And if you're not careful, you can lose a sense of purpose in this season because maybe you've been quarantined and, and you can't do the things that you once did. And so in these times, listen, I know it's easy to get overwhelmed. There's times that, you know what, I watch the news and, and I can 
get overwhelmed and I can deal with this issue of just just fear. And so there's some things that I've learned to do in this season. And so we're going to look in the day of a day in the life of Christ. And theologians tell us this was like his second busiest day ever in ministry. Now, he had been healing some people, and he'd been ministering to a lot of people, and Jesus was literally exhausted, and so he takes the disciples, he puts them in a boat, he said, we're going to go to the opposite side, and basically he's going to rest on the way, because he's going to do ministry also on the other side, and then he has some busy days ahead of him in Capernaum, and and so he begins taking them over, and then, then all of a sudden you see that there's some transitions that take place in in the storm, and and I just want to be clear about this, that this may be the first time in our nation, for, for sure, in, in my lifetime, that, that we're all in the same storm. The COVID storm, what's going on with our nation right now, we're all in the same storm. We're just in different boats. Just have different situations. Yeah, we're all on the same lake. Yeah, we're all in the same storm. But guess what? If we're honest... We're all in different boats. In other words, we have different situations or maybe different stress factors or maybe some different things that are giving us fear. And so I just want to talk to you about these transitions. There's three transitions that I can see um, that happens in a storm that's so clear in here. The first one is this. The first transition is calm to chaos. I mean, you just see this in the story. It's so fascinating to me. You see this, 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 this calm to chaos, just a, a quick, abrupt transition, much like we've experienced the last 15 weeks, right? And so here's what the scripture says, Luke chapter 8, verse 22. He says, one day he got into the boat with his disciples, and he said to him, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. Jesus is asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger, and, when they, and, and they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke. He got up. It's important. And rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? For they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who is this that he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him? Jesus was literally weary from a long day of ministry and teaching, and he, he goes to sleep, and they're headed on the other side of the lake to, on their way to Capernaum. And, but, bef, but before he went to sleep, he gave them not only a command, but he gave them a promise. He gave them a command to go over the other side. He also gave them a, a promise that we're going to make it to the other side because I, I, I'm with you. He said, we're going to the other opposite shore. And, and that word, listen, that word should have encouraged them. And it should have strengthened them in the time of the storm and it, because it, it was a promise the, the same way. That when, when we're in a storm, it should strengthen us. See, their, their, their faith was, was too small, and they lost, they lost sight of the fact that if Jesus said, we're going to the other side, if Jesus said, we're going to do something, then we're going to do it. If Jesus gave us a promise, then guess what? We can trust that promise. Now, listen, I've been on the Sea of Galilee a couple of times. I've, I've led two tours across uh, Israel and then 
on the Sea of Galilee. When you get to the Sea of Galilee, it's like a big day for an Israel tour. I mean, you get, a, you, get, you get a boat, and we had a boat reserved just for our group, and, and this boat is a large boat because of the Sea of Galilee. And it, this boat will actually seat like 300 people, and, and, um, and this last time was just a few months ago. I was with a group primarily from our church, and, and we, we did the Sea of Galilee, and we get on the boat, and a storm came up, and I mean, the winds were strong, the waves were choppy, uh, it began to rain. Um, I mean, we got out on the center of the lake and cut the engines, and we worshiped together. We 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 taught from the, we opened the scriptures together. Uh, we prayed together, and it was an amazing thing that after after we prayed together, we we turned and looked out the back of the boat, and the, the storm was breaking. And so all of a sudden, like like you could see blue skies again, and and there was a rainbow, and then it turned into a double rainbow over the Mount of Beatitudes, and and it was amazing. And I noticed that the like the the, the waves and and. Uh, uh, we're, we're pretty choppy, and so I don't. This is only my second time on the Sea of Galilee, and so I turned to our guide, my ear, and I says, "My ear, you're not gonna." I says, "This is crazy. I mean, this is a really rough day on the Sea of Galilee." And he looked at me and says, "How many times have you been on the Sea of Galilee?" I said, well, "This is only my second time." He said, "Actually, Charlie, this would be considered a pretty good day on the Sea of Galilee." He said, see, the way the Sea of Galilee, you know, geographically sets, it's about five to six hundred feet uh, below sea level. He said the way the rivers have cut ravines and, and the way it sits within the mountains and the Mount of Beatitudes and, and all the things that are around it, the winds cut through here pretty strong. And he says, actually, Charlie, I've seen 20 to 30 foot waves on the Sea of Galilee before. That's one reason these boats are so sturdy. That's one reason these boats are so big in case of that, because on the Sea of Galilee, a storm can come up pretty quickly. And, and so you could imagine how bad this storm was. I mean, the disciples are fishermen. They, they'd spent a lot of time on the Sea of Galilee, and it says that, that, they're, that they're afraid, that the storm had such intensity that it, that it gave them, fra- that it gave them free, fear. And the disciples were afraid, but, but Jesus was not. I mean, Jesus was like asleep. And the do- disciples were so frightened, as the Scripture says, that they, they, they awakened him. And they begged him to rescue them. When you look at the story, you realize that the problem was not the storm around them. It was the unbelief inside of them. Sometimes that's our problem. Sometimes it's just not the circumstances. Sometimes the problem is not the storm that we're walking through. It's the unbelief that's inside of us. We've forgotten the promises of God. We have forgotten that he is with us. And so Jesus, Jesus gets up. He rebukes the storm. He rebukes the wind. The, Jesus calms the, the sea by, by a word, by, by just simply speaking a word. And I, I, think the, I think the problem for us, honestly, is they come without notice. I think that's what disrupts so much about us. Because our mind, we build up this life map of how life is going to be and how life is supposed to be. And the storm comes in and it interrupts all of that. And, and I, th- I, I think with weather, that's one of the things that upsets us about weather and storms. And, and my, my family knows this and some people that are really close to me, they know this. But I have an addiction. I am addicted to weather apps. Now listen, I, I think I get this addiction from my father. My, my dad was in the Navy and served in World War II. 
And so he spent a lot of time on the sea, and, and my dad had a healthy respect or a healthy fear of weather. And so my dad, I mean, I, I just remember growing up, my dad was always talking about the weather. He knew storms that were coming. He knew things that we were doing. Do. If, if we were on the lake and he would see a squall line or he'd see clouds building, he could read the weather and we'd get off the lake really quickly. And so I, I think I get a lot of that from my dad. But I have. I have several weather apps. And so I have even taken one of my apps and I've pinged three addresses so I get alerts, our address and then Amanda's address and Brittany's address so that I can, I can, I can know what the weather is doing at their house and I can alert, alert them if need be. A few months ago, I was, I was at our house in, in Pueblo and I get a weather alert that, that it was a severe weather alert for Brittany's house and that a tornado had already touched down in Black Forest, and it was headed to Peyton. It's probably 15 minutes from her house, and, and the, the warning was, seek shelter, get in the basement now type deal. And so I just sent her a quick text, and I said, hey, you guys in the basement? And Brittany's like, no, Dad, we're outside playing with the kids. Beautiful day. And so I texted her back. I said, I just got a weather alert. Get in the basement now. Tornado touched down in Black Forest on the way to Peyton, 15 minutes away. Move. What are you doing? And so she texted back, Dad, it's beautiful in the backyard. But I ran around and looked out the front yard. It is scary. It is totally black. The winds are changing, moving to the basement now. And she said, thank you. And so don't you wish, I mean, with the weather, we can get apps and we can get warnings that what's coming and storms coming. Don't you wish there was a life app? Don't you wish we could get a life app that actually told us that warning, seek shelter, change something, emotional storm is coming, a relational storm is coming, a financial, listen, a financial storm is coming. This is what you need. A pandemic storm is coming and give us plenty of time to prepare. I mean, isn't that the frustrating thing is storms in my life and storms in your life can come without any notice. It can move in, in your life and my life. It can move from calm to chaos quickly. That's why we need him. That's why we need to know what he promises us. Listen, let me ask you, what is the worst storm you've ever been in literally or, or spiritually? A storm where you had to move to the basement? A situation at work? A relationship that went just like totally south? A health challenge? A job loss? A furlough? A loss of job? Where you felt helpless or frightened? You see, storms can rise up so quickly and so unexpectedly. You can have an unex unexpected expense, a car can break down. Your boss can say, I, I need you to see you in my office now. Your teenage daughter can come in and says, I got an early pregnancy test and we need to talk. Your spouse can say, I... I don't know that I love you anymore. I don't know that we can work through this. I think maybe we need to go see a counselor. Your doctor can say, you know what, your, your test results came back. And I need to see you in my office as soon as possible so we can discuss next steps. Listen, in an instant, calm can go to chaos. We learned this like 15 weeks ago, right? 
15 weeks ago, it was a Wednesday morning. We were just planning weekend services in person like we always do. And from an announcement from the government and some other things, we prayed and thought God was in it, and we had to quickly move to online services only. And even in the midst of that, God has been with us. It has been amazing to see what God has done through you in this season. The second transition is this, from panic to peace. From panic to peace, you just see this in the disciples' life. Jesus gets up, he rebukes the wind, and it stopped, and he brought, he brought peace to panic. He rebuked the waters and said, be still. And I mean, when you look at that word in the Greek, it literally means to be, to be muzzled. In other words, Jesus has power over nature. Just to be clear, nature is not his mother. Jesus is the boss. Jesus is the one in charge. And in storms, you know what? In storms, we can trust him. And maybe in this COVID season and maybe in this COVID storm, Jesus is teaching you how to trust him. Jesus is teaching you where you've misplaced your trust and trusted some things that are temporary, trusted some things that are not secure. And maybe he's helped you to understand that in Isaiah, or I'm sorry, in the Psalm, Psalm 56, 3, the scripture says, when I am afraid... I will put my trust in you. So when you look at this, Jesus, Jesus is a friend of the fearful. And David was saying, when, I'm, when I have fear, it's an indication of something is going on in, in my life. And I don't want you to miss, listen, I do not want you to miss the full extent of this miracle. Because when Jesus does a miracle, when Jesus does something, Jesus does it right. It'd be one thing to just stop the winds and, and make certain that the lightning moved out and the clouds moved out and the rain moved out and the clouds gave way and there's sun and a rainbow and all of those other things. But when Jesus does a miracle, he always does one better. It says he, it says he calmed the waters. When I was talking to my ear, we were coming off of the Sea of Galilee this last time, and, and the clouds were breaking away, and the, the, the winds were like, like calming. And I, and I think I made a comment along the lines of, wow, I wish we had been here. Or I said something about, I'm sorry, I said something about, I bet you in a, in, in a few minutes, I mean, it's going to be like glass on the Sea of Galilee. And my ear looked at me and says, ah, you don't understand the Sea of Galilee. He said, after a storm passes and after the winds cease and, and the rain and everything, it takes the Sea of Galilee, the, the waters, to go from choppy to, to calm, hours, and sometimes days. This happened in an instant. The waters were no longer choppy. It was like an instant when he calmed the waters. He brought peace out of panic. Ever been in a storm and Jesus brought peace in the midst of that storm? I've learned in my life that every time Jesus brought peace in the midst of a storm that I was in, it was always from a word of his mouth. It was always from the scriptures. That's why, and I know I harp on this a lot, that's why life journaling is so important. That's Actually, that is the life app. That is the life app we were talking about that helps you to know what is coming, helps you to give the strength, helps you to know how to handle your life. That's why the daily reading of God's word is just I'm so incredibly important. Isaiah says this. Isaiah says, God will keep a man or woman in perfect peace, the one whose mind is stayed on him. 
when I go through storms and when I have those more moments and, and I have them to where I have, I have fear, I start, I, start asking myself some, I start asking myself some question. I start asking myself some question like, where is my fear? Where am I placed? Why is this giving me fear? Why am I carrying fear? What is God saying? And I try to process that out. Here's what he does with the disciples. It's right out of Scripture, Luke chapter 8, verse 25. And so he said to them, where, where's your faith? In other words, he says, where, where, where are you placing your faith? Your retirement account, the insurance you have, your health, a job, a career, a profession, the economy, can I meddle a little bit? A political party? The government, because a lot of times when we, a lot of times when we're in a storm and we have fear, a lot of times it's misplaced trust. And then he goes on and he says, and he says, and then the scripture says, and they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, "Who is this that he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him?" The last thing and the last transition is simply this, fear of storms to fear of God. Fear of storms to fear of God. In other words, to where they develop and you develop and I develop a, hev- a, a healthy respect for God, a healthy understanding of who he is and his power. There, there can be, when you're in a storm, there can be an unhealthy fear of things, an el- unhealthy fear of circumstances, an unhealthy fear of bad news, an un- unhealthy f- fear of a situation but there's, there's a proper fear. There's a proper fear, a proper respect of, of who God is. There's a healthy fear that is talked about all through Scripture. It is acknowledgement of who, who God is and how powerful he is, what he's able to do, what he's able to accomplish. It's what allows us to trust his promises. Psalms 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. So Jesus rebukes the disciples for their, for their fear because their fear was based upon a lack of faith. It wasn't, it wasn't so much a fear of God, it was a fear of circumstances. And disciples failed the test of faith because they, they didn't trust his word. They didn't trust that they were going to the other side. And Jesus' point seems to be to me where he would say, if, if, if I were not with you, you'd have every reason in a storm to be overwhelmed by fear. But I'm with you, and I promised you, and I told you, we're going to the other side, and we're going to the other side together. You, you can trust me. You can trust my word. Notice the change in the, in the disciples of the, what they went through, the, the transition that they went through. They started out and they were first afraid of the circumstances of the storm and now, now their fear changed and it changed into a fear of of God or a healthy respect of him and and that's what leads us into obedience and just following him and doing what he's called us to do and say, I don't know about the circumstances, but I know this, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to trust you. I mean, the disciples realized that that his power was greater than than anything they'd ever seen. I mean, they'd, they'd, they'd seen him. They'd seen him that day do miracles, heal people and feed people and minister to people. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, he said, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? 
and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Not even the hairs of your head are all, but even the hairs of your hair are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, for you are more value than many sparrows. You see, if we're not careful, in a storm, we can be controlled by fear. And when we're controlled by fear, it affects everything. It, it, it affects our happiness. It affects our peace. It affects even the relationships around us. And now the more we fear and love and understand God, the less we fear and dread the circumstances that we're walking through because we realize he is with us. And these are the promises that he has made to us. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Let me ask you, what do you do when you're frightened? What do you do when you have fear? Do you retaliate with force and, or with violence? Do you develop a sharp tongue and Facebook post and how you communicate with one another? Do you retreat and withdraw? The best thing you and I can do is to turn our attention to the person of Jesus Christ. The point is, even though we can't always understand the storms that we walk through, Jesus is right there in the midst of the storms with us. And he can settle the sea. And he can guide us through this. I, I, I just real quickly, I, a week or so ago, I just took out a legal pad. And I wrote five things down that I can count on when I go through a crisis or five things that give me comfort when I go through a crisis, when I go through fear. When I, I, I've gone through two or three major storms in my life that unsettled everything about me. And these five things are some things that came out of many of those storms. And I just want to give you those to you just real quickly, and then we'll close. The first one is this. is one thing that gives me comfort in a storm. He is never afraid. He is never afraid. Now, here's an interesting thing about this story. When Jesus got up and, and spoke, all we know is, right, all we know in this story, just reading the Scripture, is the storm ceased, the wind stopped, the water became calm, and they made it to the other side. That's all we know. We don't know what happened in between. We don't know if the boat capsized. We don't know if it was flooded and they had to bail water. I mean, we knew they were taking on water. We don't know if the, the sails were, were blown apart and they had to row or they had to dog paddle. We don't know if they got to, sh to shore with, with pieces floating on pieces of the boat. We don't. No, all we know is he calmed the seas, he calmed the storm, and the next thing we know, they're on the other side. So when was the crisis over for the disciples? I can tell you when it was over. The crisis was over for the disciples. Not when they got to the other side. The crisis was over for the disciples. When Jesus woke up, when Jesus got up, when Jesus spoke to the storm, some of the most powerful words in Scripture are this. When he rose, when he got up, when he got up and spoke into the circumstances, spoke into the situations, it's his voice of assurance, it's his voice of confidence that should give you and I confidence. And so the first thing for me that gives me comfort is he is never afraid. He doesn't flinch. In difficult times, in hard times. The second thing is this, that he has the power to overcome any problem in my life. He has the power to overcome any problem in my life. 
Nothing, what the scripture says, nothing, listen, nothing is impossible with God. Nahum, chapter 1, verse 3, he said this. He said, the Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And the Lord will by, by no means clear the guilty. His way is in a whirlwind and a storm. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. I love that phrase. The clouds are like dust of his feet. What a picture of how powerful God is. And someone may push back and ask a question. Well, then if he's so powerful, why do I have to go through storms? Why do I have to deal with this? And Chuck Swindoll, a preacher in Dallas, Texas, answered that question in one of his books. And, and, and I'll just quote, here's what he writes about storms of life. He said, life is filled with God-appointed storms. A, a sheet of paper ten times this size would be insufficient to list the whirlwinds of our lives. But two things should give us comfort in the midst of daily lightning and thunder. First, we all experience them, and second, we all need them. God has no other method more effective than the massive blows and the shattering blast, not to mention the constant irritations that smooth us and humble us and force us to submit to the role that he has chosen for us. Now, if God, has, now if God stopped every storm, then there would never be any need for rain. The third thing is this that just brings me comfort is he is always with us. He's just always with us. Hebrews 13.5 says this. Keep your life free from money, free, free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He did a little bit of a comparison there. Money is temporal and money, listen, money can go up or down, and we're learning that in the pandemic, right? I mean, we're watching the stock market go all over the place. And he says, but you know what? Money's temporary. Money can come and go. But I just want you to know, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He was in the boat with the disciples the whole time. The fourth thing that just gives me comfort that I just jotted down on that legal pad is he is the Prince of Peace. Paul is sitting in a prison cell, and he just writes these words, Philippians 4, 7. He said, and the peace of God which suppresses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That he will give you peace in the midst of a storm that you may not even understand in the circumstances you're in. And so the last thing is just simply this. He conquered the grave. He just conquered the grave. This is one of the huge ones for me. I mean, the tomb could not keep him. He got up. He rose again. It's the most powerful words of Scripture. Two words, he, or three words, he got up. He rose again. The biggest fear most people have is the fear of death. Yet he has overcome death to give us eternal life. Romans 8, 35 and 39 who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, famine, nakedness, danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We regard it, we're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Now, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come 
nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says you do not have to be afraid. Because I've overcome everything. I've experienced this calm several occasions throughout my Christian life. And when I've been in a storm, I have watched Christ bring peace. It's a deeper trust in him. Sometimes. Sometimes he calms the storm. Sometimes he calms the child. But you can trust him. He got up. He overcame the grave so we could have salvation. If you do not know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's the only way to make it through a storm with peace. And my invitation to you is just the same invitation that's in the scripture. Come, come with us and just follow Christ. Just become a follower of his and come to that place. You ask him to come into your life, forgive your sins and give you the gift of eternal life. And maybe you would consider yourself a believer. And maybe for you this day, you just need to remember what he's promised you. And you need, need to come to that place where you, for yourself, you just say, where, where, where is my fear and what has given me fear? And I'm going to place my trust in him because the scripture teaches that he can keep you in perfect peace, the man and woman whose eyes are stayed or focused on him. Let me ask you, what is your next step? Every one of us has a next step. Maybe you need to accept him. Maybe you need to draw closer to him. Maybe you're a believer and maybe you need to place your trust back in him and realize that he is with you. Maybe, maybe you need prayer. There's a prayer button at the top of the screen. You can click that and a prayer partner will join you in an online prayer room and they would love to minister to you and counsel you and help you. If you need anything, we want to help you. We want to minister to you. The truth is this, Fellowship of the Rockies is never closed. We're continuing to live out our vision by ministering and serving, helping people to have a relationship with him and then to guide them through that process. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. Father, I I pray for those that are listening to this message that you, you would bring peace to panic that they would move their focus to whatever's given them fear to you that can cast out all fear that they would know right now that you are with them and that you're a friend of the fearful and that is good news for us and we thank you for that we thank you for your promise that you will never leave us you will never forsake us that you will walk with us as we walk with you. We love you. We look forward to see what you're going to do in the life of this church, in the life of your children. For we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.